0: Good afternoon. Uh, welcome to Restore Freedom Weekly. I am Constitutional Attorney Catherine Henry and we have, of course, uh, Liberty Lori with us as always. And uh, just because of the nature of the beast here with how this program works and it doesn't let me adjust sizes of screens and things like that, we have to put Laurie in, um, in the background to help us monitor chat and, and whatnot today just so that for those people who watch who are uh, lip readers like I am, uh, we can make um, my face just slightly bigger while we have the slideshow up next to us today. So, um, but before I throw Lori out and put her in timeout, I'm going to say uh, <laughs> hello to, the, the. I can't even talk today. That's a great start hello to the liberty cause on youtube to dale and john on youtube uh, hello everyone thanks for joining us today and uh just a reminder that um with the way the technology works uh so far and Lori, correct me if i'm wrong i think at this point if you are watching us on youtube facebook uh linkedin and twitch uh, live and you want to comment or ask questions or whatnot, uh, you could participate through any of those by commenting right in that uh, particular social media platform in the comment section. Uh, however, I think it might be that Twitter, those don't pull through live. Does that uh, sound about right, Lori? Yeah, that's I haven't seen anything from Twitter yet. Okay. So I think uh, if you're commenting on Twitter and we're not seeing it right away or whatever, um, we're not trying to avoid you. Um, It could just be, hopefully, Elon Musk will uh, make the technology a little bit better and work with these streaming platforms a little bit better. Uh, But we're also hoping that the creators or tech geniuses behind Rumble are going to play nice a little bit better with the streaming platforms. Because if you... uh, have ever used Rumble, you probably are well aware that you have to go live through a third-party platform like Melon, like we're using here. Uh, They don't have their own thing set up like Facebook or YouTube. Um, But when you go live through those, then the comments don't pull through because it's just an RTMP connection and uh, very old school, so to speak. So uh, at any rate, Lori does her best to keep an eye on those Rumble comments and pull them over. and, And sometimes she just uh, paste them in um, into the YouTube chat so uh, I can see them in the stream with all those others that come. So, uh, any uh, any last thoughts, Lori, before I banish you to timeout? No. <laughs> all <laughs> I right. You covered it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks, Lori. Okay, so I'm going to make myself a little bit bigger here, and that way you don't see all the chaos that goes into working on freedom uh here in the in the henry household so at any rate um like i said i'm constitutional attorney Catherine henry and welcome to this week's episode of restore freedom weekly this is i can't believe i'm saying this this is officially season one episode 50. this is the final show of the season final show of the year and uh, we will be right back at it in uh, January. I'm probably getting ahead of myself. So before I do that, let's back up and tell you what this uh, particular episode is all about. It's about equal protection violations by local government entities and how you can fight back. Okay, so uh, with that being said, um, again, local government violating your right to equal protection, something we're gonna take a look at today. Equal protection is guaranteed by every state constitution and the US constitutions, yet uh, local governments violate it regularly. What is an equal protection violation? How can you identify if your municipality is violating your right to equal protection? And uh, we're also going to discuss ways that you can fight back if your municipality is in fact violating your right to equal protection, and we'll provide examples from real life case documents, including a current battle currently waging right now. And again, this is the last episode of Restore Freedom Weekly in 2022. So thank you for joining us. Uh, Hello, Ryan on YouTube. Thanks for joining and commenting today. Uh, Don't forget, it is True or False Tuesday as well. And today's question is, It's very complicated to prove your local government is violating your right to equal protection. True or false? Make sure to head over to Twitter, Telegram, LinkedIn, Truth Social, our YouTube community section, or on our website, restorefreedomkh.com, on the updates tab, or just simply type in restorefreedomkh.com updates, and you'll be able to see the post from this morning that has um, the true or false question of the day. And if you go through our website, you don't need any social media or email or login or anything. You can just fill it out as it is. And uh, of course, we do post the answer tonight at 10 o'clock, but if you're able to hang in there with us all the way through the episode today, then at the very end, you'll get the answer as well. Uh, And of course, it's always unfolded throughout the entire discussion. So um, all right, let's get going now stuff that I've been drilling into you guys all year long, and certainly in snippets here and there throughout the hundreds of presentations that I gave in uh, 2020 and 2021. Um, uh, Let's see. First of all, before I get going, I will uh, show a comment that we have from the Liberty Cause. The system makes it very difficult to prove how municipalities are violating our rights in general that is right and we're going to look to see if that's really applicable specifically in the context of equal protection violations or not um so hang in there but back into the um the basics right this is again i'm telling you guys it doesn't matter what topic you're talking about if you're talking about ordinances uh being applied in your own municipality Uh, if you're talking about, you know, issues with permitting or um, plot plans or, um, you know, sign ordinances or noise ordinances or whatever it is, Um, anything that you're dealing with in uh, your state or local or even with the federal government, you need to remember these basics on every single topic. So governments are instituted to protect our God-given rights. Uh, And and this is all stuff that we've talked about and gone over. And if you look at previous slides I've shared uh, from prior weeks and in in prior videos, we fully explain where we get this from. This isn't just Catherine Henry telling you something and expecting you to believe me. Nope, this is stuff that is verifiable. And uh, the source to all of this uh, has been fully discussed before and uh, shared with you. We get our rights from God, not the government. You don't have to look to government to see what your rights are, okay? And government itself has no rights. And in fact, government only has the powers which we specifically delegate to it. We, the people, created our Constitution in our very form of government. And the U.S. Constitution is the supreme law of the land. That means no treaty, no federal, uh, and, and that goes out to... Um, some of the, some of you have been commenting recently on Rumble. I don't remember the specific wording of the questions, but talking about different uh, WHO regulations and things like that. But no treaty, no federal law, no state constitutional provision, no state law, no county or city ordinance, um, <clears throat> no government action, no executive order, no court order. Not a single thing that government does in any way, shape, or form can violate or be repugnant to the U.S. Constitution. If it is, it's void on its face. It's as though it never even existed. And you do not have to wait for some uh, overpaid, uh, um, over-credentialed men and women in black robes or in expensive suits and ties to tell you that you don't have to wait for attorneys or judges to tell you something in particular is unconstitutional for you to act as though it's unconstitutional. So what does this mean? Government cannot act unless there is a specific power granted to it in the Constitution. Government is prohibited from doing anything that violates the US or state constitutions and a reminder that every single government official is sworn to uphold the US Constitution and state constitution if it's a state official. So continuing the discussion here, just touching on those points with a municipality, since we're talking about municipal governments today and they're violating equal protection, a municipality's powers, again, provide infrastructure, waterways, roadways, utilities, et cetera, protect our individual liberties so that when I'm exercising my rights, I'm not interfering with your exercise of your rights. And a reminder that municipal governments cannot, their powers, cannot and do not supersede individual rights. Um, Again, from prior weeks uh, in in various different videos and discussions and episodes that we've done, talking about, for example, a homeowner's rights within a particular municipality. There's rights to equal protection, which we're obviously going to talk about today, rights to due process, privacy from the government, criminal rights, uh, unenumerated rights, rights against bills of attainder. So again, that discussion that we've had in these last few weeks. So your municipality is trampling your rights. Now what we've talked about, uh, writing them or issuing them or sending to them, serving them cease and desist letters, uh, sending them notices of proposed litigation, uh, urgently filing a lawsuit. If you need to speaking at your city council or city commission meetings, finding and joining with others that are similarly harmed. And issuing press releases and utilizing a specific uh, strategic social media campaign to get your word out. And if you're thinking that all of these take a lot of money or they take, um, you know, a team of attorneys or whatever, no. Uh, I've utilized all of these before. Uh, definitely all of these and. I have done so uh, even before I guess you could say that my fight for freedom in the local government really really began as I was already thrust into it I mean it wasn't like a specific choice to oh now I'm going to take on local governments Uh, now I'm going to be this specific freedom fighter in fact at the time that I started Uh, having to respond to things and utilizing strategic social media campaigns and speaking at city council meetings and what ended up in the urgent filing of a lawsuit that we're going to get into. Um, I was, uh, I was on maternity leave. I had Emma. Okay. And uh, she's about to be nine next month. So uh, just over one month from today. Uh, And I, basically had narrowed down my practice areas from a general practicing attorney down to family law, basic estate planning and bankruptcies because in Ionia Montcalm counties in Michigan, that's the need that, that was what was going to keep uh, paying my bills and uh, taking care of people in the community. So uh, I was not geared up and, and an expert on open meetings acts or FOIAs or, uh, you know, really anything, anything. I wouldn't have considered myself a constitutional attorney by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you do what you got to do and you read what you got to read and you try your best and you utilize strategies. And so I can tell you firsthand that I've used all these. So, um, what are some of those rights that, Uh, that led to my situation. Well, we talked, I think this part was from last week, we talked about that you have the, uh, the right to access government meetings. You have the right to free speech. You have the right, specifically in the Florida Constitution, you have the right to be heard at public meetings. You have the right to instruct your representatives. You have the right to peaceably assemble. You have the right to petition your government for a redress of grievances. You have the right to receive government documents, okay? And those are all things that led to, I was utilizing my rights to those things, just as a citizen, okay? I wasn't representing anybody. I wasn't getting paid. I wasn't specifically volunteering for a certain organization. I literally was uh, astounded by what I had seen in government document requests, um, re- you know, documents that were released as part of a FOIA request, and uh, not even one that I made. But I started reading and every week there was more and more and I'm like, holy cow, what is this city manager doing? What is this city council doing letting this city manager just run over people's rights like they don't even exist? I mean, if it inherently just feels wrong, trust your gut, because again, people, I was not someone who would have thought of myself as a constitutional attorney. I wasn't someone who at that point, I probably hadn't even read the entirety of the Michigan State Constitution, possibly not even the entirety of the U.S. Constitution. I couldn't tell you which section, or I couldn't even tell you at that point how many articles were in the U.S. Constitution. I couldn't tell you at that point how many articles were in the Michigan State Constitution. I had no idea what Article One was even about, let alone that it was a the Article of Rights, <laughs> talking about that we the people have all the political power. Um, at any rate, uh, so don't think that I'm just some sort of constitutional expert, and so therefore I've always been a constitutional expert and. Uh, that I'm, you know, just, it's easy for me. No, I was a homeschooling mom who was out on maternity leave with my youngest child. I was trying to handle the cases that I was in the midst of divorces and custody and parenting time. Uh, I was, um, uh, recertifying my mediation certificates and things like that. So I could get back into the mediation world. Um, I was, I mean, that was the start of doing, you know, thousands, um, of mediations, uh, on, you know, a yearly basis. I, man, people, I'm telling you, I was running my own ministry, um, that has nothing to do with the freedom fight, uh, but I'm just like you, and I was able to read some documents that somebody brought me, somebody from the Chamber of Commerce just said, hey, you know, uh, we know each other kind of, you know, what are your thoughts on this? It just strikes me as this is this guy owns a landscaping business in the city of Bowling in Michigan, and uh, he said just something seemed off. So I did a FOIA request and I just want your take on this. And it was a lot of pages, but lucky for him. I was sitting in a rocking chair a lot of uh, hours of the day back then. And I said, okay, I'll take a look. And I was flabbergasted. I was disgusted. I was shocked at the things that I was seeing in this FOIA request. And um, so then I decided, okay, I'm going to start going to these city council meetings and I'll just, I'll just let them know. I'll just use my three minutes of public comment time just to just to kind of talk about some of these things. Maybe they don't realize what's really happening. Maybe they don't realize what the law is. I gave them the benefit of the doubt. And I was nervous as I'll get out. I don't like speaking in public. And I hadn't done it um, really ever at that point. I mean, now I've I've stood up and spoken on the steps of the Capitol, and I've argued in front of the Michigan Supreme Court, and I've had thousands of people watching me live uh, in various different venues. And so... I'm a little bit slightly more used to it, but I still don't like it. Back then I hadn't done any of that yet. So I'm standing up there uh, as someone who's a little chunkier than she normally would have been because I had a little baby at home and uh, just not all comfortable as it was. But I would sit in these horribly uncomfortable chairs and wait for my turn for public comment. And I would get up there nervous as I'll get out and probably sweating a little bit and uh, and then get myself oriented to the people that were up there. And we're talking a town of 5,000 people, right? I shouldn't have been that nervous, right? I mean, but it, it is, it's nerve wracking. And um, the press started coming more and more, granted small-town Press, but press nonetheless. And I started speaking out and, and saying, hey guys, you know, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but you know, you can't do this. And here's the law that says you can't. And so this is what you could do to fix it. Why don't you guys address that? And then, you know, two weeks would go by and there'd be another city council meeting and nothing would have been done on that. And something else horrible would have happened. And so I would talk about that. And then I would talk. And so then I was starting to get really angry. I'm like, guys, what the hell are you doing? I've come to you every week talking about how Clearly, in the documents that have been submitted as part of your meeting packets, I mean, there are documents everybody has access to. You can clearly see that the rights of of various citizens are being violated, not even mine at that point, just other people, people I didn't even know. I said, I've never even heard of most of these people, but it's not okay what's happening. I'm telling you exactly what statute is being violated. And I'm telling you exactly what the law says you could do to, to fix it. And you guys aren't doing anything. You're just letting the city manager run rampant all over our laws. This is not okay. So I started going more and more. And that city manager, Meg Mullendore, uh, brand new city manager of Belding back then in 2014, was, you know, I was excited when she got there at first because our city manager had retired and we needed somebody with a lot of energy and could, you know, revitalize Belding and, and bring people in and bring businesses in. And she seemed to, to do that. She seemed to be that person. And so when I started seeing all this stuff and it's ticking me off that city council then is letting her do this stuff. I don't care if you think of yourself as a country bumpkin who's you know just serving on the local city council because whatever, because you know somebody asked you to do it or because you just felt like it was your turn to serve in some capacity or whatever the case is. If you're on that board, You are tasked with following the Constitution and the laws, and you better damn well make sure that you're, uh, you know, not violating our protections against equal protection violations. So at any rate, um, they tried to stop me from speaking at meetings. They tried to stop me from going to a few of the meetings. They tried to stop me from being heard, definitely tried to stop me from instructing my representatives that... um, The subsequent lawsuit that I filed got a little interesting, um, but that's a whole other discussion for another time. Uh, They definitely tried to stop our our rights to peaceably assemble, to petition the government for redress of grievances, uh, and um, tried to stop my right to get more public documents. So again, these are just some of the the concepts here. I have on this screen uh, about our right to peaceably assemble and petition the government for redress of grievances and the right to instruct representative. Just some examples of where you can find those in the state and U.S. constitutions. Um, and let's see. So, again, uh, we've talked about this for the last couple weeks. weeks. Uh, we have talked. Uh, We talked with uh, Joel Ibbotson about the city of Hastings and some of the battles currently waging right there. Um, I've talked a little bit about some of the things that I was doing from the inside out from Georgetown Township when I served as a township trustee. And um, we are going to get into a little bit more of the city of Ormond Beach issues, but I'm going to start with the city of Belding. And that's what we've been talking about so far. Um, But... um, First of all, let's look at um, and uh, ZXL Master. Thank you so much for joining us today on YouTube. Um, so let's let's look at what is equal protection. Okay, I know you guys have heard all these terms, right? You've heard of due process. You've heard of equal protection. You've heard free speech. You've heard, you know, religious uh, freedom. All this kind of stuff, right? You've heard of these things, and I have something tickling my nose, (laughs) I hope I'm not going to sneeze. But anyway, you've heard of all these terms, but do you really know what they mean? I mean, most people don't know what they mean. And I could tell you that I really didn't feel like I knew what they meant until I really started digging, like digging and digging and digging. And it's just something that felt wrong. It felt like, wait a minute, why are you doing this to me? There's all these other people out there. So start with your instincts. Our our questions, um, I'm going to get back to that just for a second here. Um, so yes, our questions today, what is an equal protection violation? We're going to talk about that. Um, and then how can you identify if your municipality is violating your rights? That I'm going to jump to just for a second and say, trust your instincts. Does it feel like it's being applied fair? Any kindergartner can tell you that. I worked in a school system, K through fourth grade, and every single student, it didn't matter if they had a developmental disability or a super high IQ, fully functioning, uh, gifted, you know, level program, and every student in between, every level, you know, kindergarten, middle school, high school, certainly as adults, everyone can identify. Does that feel fair? Does it just feel fair? If it doesn't feel fair, start with that. Trust your gut and go from there. So, um, all right, so equal protection. The wording is from the 14th Amendment. No state shall deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. First of all, let's focus on this in a way that I've never heard other people really focus on this. So let's take a minute. Equal protection. You could see this on the slide here. Um, and for those of you that are listening on the podcasting platforms, again, just as with every week, you will find the Constitution Segment Recap video and uh, and um, audio, I guess, uh, that will be on Thursday. You'll see uh, in the description of that segment the link to this particular uh, slideshow. So you'll be able to reference all of this material at your own pace uh, later on, starting on Thursday. Uh, So don't worry about that. But anyway, I've underlined the word protection. It's equal protection of the laws. Why? Because it's government's job to protect our rights so that in my exercise of my rights, I'm not infringing upon your exercise of your rights. Laws are literally there to protect us in our exercise of our God-given liberties. Laws are not there to supposedly give us rights. Laws aren't there to regulate our every single move. That's not what their purpose is. That's what they've become, but that's not what the constitution allows. So let's literally read it word for word. It is equal protection of the law. But moving on to the equal side of it, um, no state shall deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. What does that really mean? Well, basically, it's simple. It's as simple as what it says. It guarantees that people who are similarly situated are treated similarly. Okay. Because sometimes it makes sense to have um, to have a rule or a regulation or a law or an ordinance or something at the state, federal, local level, doesn't matter, uh, that might, on the face might seem to treat people differently but if you really look at are those people similarly situated are they being treated similarly that's really the biggest question okay so um i wanted to also remind you like i started off with that equal protection is guaranteed in every state constitution as well it's worded a little bit differently from constitution to constitution but Um, The Florida Constitution, Article 1, Section 2, all natural persons are equal before the law. Michigan Constitution, Article 1, Section 2, no person shall be denied equal protection of the laws. Even in California, where they act like you don't have any rights whatsoever, uh, Article 1, Section 7, a person may not be denied equal protection of the laws. Texas, Article 1, Section 3 and 3A, equal rights and equal Uh, equality under the law. The New York Constitution, also a place where freedom goes to die these days. Uh, Article 1, Section 11, no person shall be denied the equal protection of the laws. Uh, And basically what I wanted to remind you of is that was just the recap of the the four largest states across the entire U.S. plus the state of Michigan. So those five states all have that example of of how equal protection is cemented in there. If you are in another state, uh, feel free to take a look and and get that information. But um, it's in there. You might just have to look. Um, Okay, so every government official is required to take the oath of office. I know you've heard me say that already today. You've heard me say that in pretty much every video that I've done. Uh, Here's just some examples, again, for that constitutional oath because... You're dealing with local government officials who will often say, well, I don't know about that. I'm not some attorney. So I'm certainly no constitutional attorney. I'm just here to do my job and I'm following procedures and this is the requirement. You have to follow this, you have to follow that. Well, this is what the ordinance says. I don't give a crap what an ordinance says. If an ordinance violates the US constitution, remind that person at the desk remind them if even if they're just a simple little pencil pusher or they're the the you know lead guy making all the decisions in the building department for your city it doesn't matter either way they have to take a constitutional oath of office so you look at them and say that's funny you talk a lot about this code which i don't think it says well you think it says but even if it did did you take an oath to uphold the code of the city of fill in the blank, uh, Ormond Beach?" or did you take an oath when you started your position to uphold the U.S. and Florida state constitutions? Because I'm pretty sure it was the second one. In fact, here again, remember, even if you're just a registered voter in the state of Florida, you have to take an oath to uphold and defend the U.S. and state constitution just to vote here, let alone to work in government, okay? So don't be afraid to remind them of this. Every single person that you're encountering any of these issues with, I don't care if they say to you, well, I don't know what the law is. In fact, I know they're going to tell you that because that's happened to me. Watch the video of what happened to me on Election Day 2020 when I got beat up by three grown men who uh, had badges and and are supposedly deputies in the Allegheny County Sheriff's Department. They told me straight up, oh, that's not my job. Oh, you can have your day in court. Really? your law enforcement, but you're telling me it's not your job to know what the law is before you attempt to enforce it? I don't think so. And anyone who's administrative in, in nature, any government official, they're in one of the three branches. Just keep in mind that most of those administrative types of positions where they couldn't even tell you what branch they're in, most of those are in the executive branch. What is the executive branch's job? To enforce the laws, starting with the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States, followed by the Constitution of your state. That is their job. So,